Today in the series of the sacraments, I will be covering the sacrament of holy orders. It's broken into three degrees. There's the episcopate, which would be bishops. There's the presbyterate, which are priests. And there's the diaconate, which are, are deacons. I want to read to you the first sentence in the catechism regarding the sacrament of holy orders. It says this, Holy orders is the sacrament through which the mission entrusted by Christ to his apostles continues to be exercised in the church until the end of time. It includes three degrees, episcopate, presbyterate, and diaconate. That's from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1536. In our gospel reading today, we just heard the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's there in the synagogue, and he says that today this passage is fulfilled in your hearing, meaning the, the passage from Isaiah, that, that God would be sending someone to bring liberty to captives, and so forth. When Jesus begins his ministry, a number of people began to follow him, both men and women, young and old. Of all the people that are following Jesus, Jesus then chooses 12 men, and he calls them apostles. He gives to the 12 men a special authority to carry on his ministry. Because, of course, as a human being, he's limited by space and time, just like you and I are. He chooses to be. So the apostles go out two by two to all the nations, or to all the, the districts there in the nation of Israel. And they begin to preach. They begin to, to talk about how God has come to set us free from sin. And they're asking the people to, to repent of their sins. Jesus also gives them authority to cast out demons and other heal people and so forth. Later, Jesus then sends out 72 other disciples who go out and do similar things. Of the 12 apostles, there's three apostles that, that are really close to Jesus or that Jesus chooses to keep close to him. Peter, James, and John. They're the ones that always go further with Jesus. They're the ones that are on Mount Tabor when Jesus is transfigured before them. They're the ones who are in the Garden of Gethsemane when, when Jesus is there grieving, ready to, to be put to death. It's very clear from reading the three Gospels, three synoptic Gospels, and then also the Gospel of John, that Jesus intended to set up a government in the church, not a democracy. But a monarchy, there'd be a king, and he would be that king. We see Pontius Pilate say that to Jesus as Jesus is about to be condemned to death. So you are a king, Pilate says. Jesus ascends into heaven, and it's the apostles who govern the church there forward. And those apostles handed on to, to others. Yesterday we celebrate the feast of Saints Timothy and Titus. They were two, two disciples of St. Paul. Paul ordained them. And they were made bishops and they passed it on all the way till today. Today we have our own apostle in our own diocese, Bishop David Kagan, a successor of the twelve apostles. And then the bishop is the one who, who ordains priests, other bishops and deacons. If you notice on the on the altar, there's the six candlesticks. 
I think I mentioned this in a, a couple of homilies ago, there's six, because as a priest I can only celebrate six of the sacraments. I can't celebrate the seventh one, only a bishop can, and that is ordain other men. The sacrament of holy orders is given by Christ to the church to bring about unity within the church, to bring about unity in the body of Christ, which we heard about in our second meeting. Though many members, we are one body. It's the, the priest's job, the bishop's job, the, the deacon's job in, in our preaching to, to bring about unity, but also to reach out to others. Clergy become the, the face of God on this earth. Clergy become the face of God on this earth to many, just like those of you who are parents are the face of God for your children. I don't know if you know that, but you are. Priests are called to bring unity to the church, and yet we realize that's not always the case, that, that we clergy fail. I think it's quite obvious, you know, with the sex scandal that continues to go on and on. Priests doing stupid stuff. But it's nothing new. Clergy fighting amongst themselves. It's nothing new. If we go back to, again, the four Gospels, we see that the apostles are fighting amongst themselves. They're arguing who's, who's the greatest. One of Jesus' hand-picked twelve goes off and commits suicide. He hangs himself after betraying Jesus. Nothing's really changed in the clergy. Same stuff keeps happening. But what's really amazing is that the church continues. It's really the grace of God that the church continues. Imagine for the next ten years, all the attacks you hear against the Catholic Church were aimed at the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army would not be around 15 years from now. They just wouldn't. Who would, who would support them? They would dwindle like like crazy. But for some reason, now almost 2,000 years, the church has been attacked. The Catholic Church goes on and on and on till the end of time. Why? It's because of the sacrament of holy orders. Without the sacrament of holy orders, we don't have the Mass. We don't have the Holy Eucharist. And without the Holy Eucharist, we don't have communion. Without communion, we don't have communion. We come to Mass Sunday after Sunday. Even if the priest is a jack donkey. Those could have been funny. <laughs> but even if he is, he still brings us the Eucharist. He brings us the Mass. And we want Jesus Without the priest, we don't have the Holy Eucharist. Without the priest, we don't have the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus present on our altar. Many of us come and we receive the God of the universe because we need the strength. Even I, as a priest, need a priest. I can't go to confession to myself. I can't forgive my own sins. I need another priest, Jesus working through another priest to forgive my sins. Thanks to the priesthood, we have the Mass. In the Mass, we have the Holy Eucharist. And through the Holy Eucharist, we become saints. 
It's only a priest of the three degrees of holy orders, bishops, priests, and deacons. So a priest is also a deacon, and a bishop is also a priest and a deacon. A bishop and a priest can celebrate Mass, but a deacon cannot celebrate Mass. So therefore, say, hey, I woke up this morning, I was sick as a dog, and you guys came to Mass, and you looked around and said, hey, Deacon Dan, you've been up there by the altar for quite a while. You look like you could celebrate Mass. Celebrate Mass for us. Can't happen. It can't happen because he's not a priest. One needs to be ordained. When one is ordained, one is changed. Internally, one is configured to Christ. I don't even understand it myself. But I know it's true. That Jesus works through the priest and brings us himself. The world doesn't understand the priesthood, nor does the world understand the church. You see all kinds of comments here and there. People don't just know the vocabulary, but they don't understand what the essence of, of the church is. That's why they attack it when they see you know, the hypocrisy within the church. On Friday night, I, I was down the basement of the rectory. And the phone rang, and I went over, I answered the phone. Hello, it's Father Joseph. The guy on the other end said, Hello, this is Alex from Sears. Is Mr. or Mrs. Parrish there? <laughs> I chuckled a bit and I said, You don't realize you're calling a Catholic church. And he went on to say, Because we had just bought a new dryer, our old dryer went out, it was, I think, older than I am, and uh, no longer was turning off. So we got a new dryer from, from Sears. And he was calling to, to, to sell some insurance uh, for the dryer. I, I reminded him that Sears sells good dryers <laughs> and that I, that I didn't need it. What had happened is when I registered in Wilson, I put down you know, St. Joseph's Parish, and according to the books that show that parish was the last name. Only baptized men can be ordained. I don't know if you know this, since the beginning of the church, married men, married men can be ordained. For example, Deacon Dan is married. He's a clergyman and yet he's married. But even priests, even married men can become priests. If you travel over to Belfield, the, the, the Catholic priest that's there in Belfield, well, there's two Catholic priests there, but the Ukrainian Catholic priest, he is married, has a wife, has a daughter. In the Roman Rite, which many of us are, I think there's a, a couple of Ukrainian Catholics here. Anyway, they're registered at our parish. But most of us are Roman Catholic. In the Roman Catholic Church, the Latin Rite, it's been a long tradition that, that only single men Celibate men are ordained priests. And that comes from Jesus himself, who was never married. Also St. Paul. He mentions it in his writings. But even in the Latin rite, the Roman rite, there are married men who become priests. In the UK now, there is a lot of Episcopalian and Anglican priests becoming Catholic. And they're bringing their wives in. They're bringing their, their children in as well. And they're ordained Roman rite Catholic priests. Even here in the United States, that's happening amongst Lutheran um, pastors as well as Episcopalians. 
I want to close with this. During Mass, right after the offertory, the priest will say these words, Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours. What is the sacrifice of the priest? The sacrifice of the priest is the same sacrifice that Jesus offered on the cross. That what's made present here on this altar is what happened at Calvary. What happened Easter Sunday. What happened as Jesus ascended into heaven. That Jesus is made present here on this altar as the slain lamb. A sacrifice. Jesus sacrifices himself for us. It's not a different sacrifice than what happened at Calvary. It's the same one. But it's made present here to us that when we come to Mass, we come to Calvary. Pray that my sacrifice and yours. Why does the priest say and yours? It's because all of us, by virtue of our baptism, are made priest, prophet, and king. The universal priesthood of of the baptized is different than the ministerial priesthood, which I have received, but it's a priesthood nonetheless. And you are called then to offer your sacrifices and join your sacrifices to the Lord, which is why you would respond, may the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, I mean the priest's hands, for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. When the people come, the Second Vatican Council really stressed this, that when the laity, all of you are in the pews, you're called to, to be active, not come as passive people where you come, you sit down in the pew, and then you just daydream for the next hour until the priest is finally done with his homily, you can go home. But everyone is called to actively participate, meaning that we're, to, we're all called to lift our hearts to the Lord, We're all called to offer ourselves, to give ourselves to Jesus. Because in giving ourselves to Jesus, He always gives us back a whole lot more. So we come to Mass, bringing all the good things that happen in our life, and all the difficult things. We come to Mass because we need Jesus. We need His help. Without His help, we just become another person in the world who doesn't know where He's going. But we all know that when we stay close to Jesus, We give ourselves to him. We offer ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. He'll bring us to heaven. So at this Mass, let us offer ourselves. But also I encourage you to to pray for us clergy. We're broken just as you are. We're sinners just as you are. So pray for all of us too.